Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. Awesome show lined up for you guys this week, man. I have Adam Martin from bookies.com. That's right, Adam Martin from bookies.com is joining me today. Can't wait to chat with him. He was sitting cage side for UFC 297 in Canada this past weekend in Toronto, and I cannot wait to catch uh, his thoughts on what he saw at the fights. Great, great set of fights, man. And, woo. I, I nailed it with Drinkus Duplessis. I let you guys know that I thought Drinkus was going to win this fight. I thought he was going to make Chongo fight backwards, and that's exactly what he did. We hit that one. But besides that, I had a rough night with the UFC. I'm not going to lie. It, it, I took it I took it on the chin. I was all about Canada. I was all about Canada stand up. And next thing you know, the Canadians let me down, man. Jasmine Jasuda Vicious did not. Jasmine Jasuda Vicious was amazing in there. Man, we rode her, and that was nice. But besides that, oh, man, Mike Malott gassing out in the third round, losing to Neil Magny, 32 years old, can't make it into the top 15. People were saying that he is championship material. John Anik uh, came out on his podcast this week and and I'm going to say threatened to retire because the trolls on Twitter and on Instagram and on social media finally got to John Anik. And John Anik said that, he had Drinkus Duplessis winning the fight. Simple as that. And people came out to John Anik like their house was on fire. Like, holy smokes. And he said the disrespect is is disgusting on the MMA platform. Uh, b- beneath the lowest common denominator is what he called MMA fans. Woo-wee. Woo-wee. That's crazy. He ain't talking about me. That's for sure. I know he, I know he ain't talking about me because I don't act like a douchebag. So, so, so let's let's keep it simple as that. I'm not going after people when they say who who if if I think that I want that this fighter won the fight and then this other person thought that the other fighter won the fight, I'm not gonna go at that person and call him names and think and think he's stupid and blah blah blah. Man, that that is the space that we're on right now with MMA Twitter, and and I needed to start to show off with that because man, I was pretty pissed off when I saw John Anik come out and say those things. 
because I like John Anik. I think John Anik is a jewel to the sport. We're lucky to have him. You know, he makes it bigger than it actually is, in my opinion. John Anik is the man with a voice. You know, perfect. He lays it out perfectly. He, he is the type of guy who sets up for his interviews perfectly. He sets up everything to perfection. You know, he's a perfectionist when it comes to production. And I've been working in the production business for a long time now. And that's the type of guy that I want to be working for. That's the type of guy I want to be working with. That's the type of, that's the type of guy that makes my job easier on production day. And all these people that don't know shit about production. And they don't know shit about how a show works. And they don't know shit about how anything besides the fight goes. They don't know what they're talking about. And I, and I feel bad that people have taken John Anik to this point of where he's threatening to retire and just pretty much jump to the NFL, as he put it. He was, I, don't, I don't even have to do MMA. I could just jump to the NFL and be great. Man, that sucks because I notice that people that have worked in MMA for as long as John Anik has worked in MMA for, it's because they actually love the sport. It's not like people that go to the NFL because that's where the money is. You know what I mean? You go to the NFL because you're going to get paid a, a nice, you know, a nice uh, salary. You know what I'm saying? Or, or they're going to be more well-known around America because football is America's sport. F football drives the needle. You know, football is what everybody cares about. Football sells. I worked at ESPN Honolulu for a long time. I worked with Bobby Curran, and we had a, a, a 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. show five days a week. Morning drive, baby. And if you know what that means, if you're working morning drive, you're doing it right. That's where that's what moves the needle. That's where the best people work. Morning drive. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That's the way that it goes in the business. And and something I learned work, working morning drive for as long as I did, you know, starting started from the bottom and worked my way up type of thing. You know, never never saying, ah, oh, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve that. I literally learned my whole way going up. And the number one thing I learned is football is king. And that's my, that might piss people off and blah, blah, blah. But it is what it is, bro. It, ladies and gentlemen, it is what it is. And if you have a problem with that, kick rocks. Football is America's sport. You could talk about college football and NFL for the entire show. And a large portion of the audience will not change the channel. The NBA people, the wrestling people, the fighting people, they change the channel. As the best in the business say, who cares? Let them run around. You know what I mean? Football sells. And when I see John Anik, you know, threatening to lead to the NFL, because I'm sure the NFL would love to have him, you know, a personality like that, a professional like that, you know, drag him away from the MMA space. That pisses me off, man. It, it, it just makes our space smaller and smaller. And, I, and as many people have told me in the past when I've been covering MMA for as long as I have, you know, and it's grown exponentially. You know, MM, the MMA space has grown exponentially. But to many successful people who are older and more wise than I am, they will always tell you MMA is a niche sport. You know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The population of MMA fans is very small compared to football and compared to basketball. So, you know, if, if, if you want to put me on national radio and allow me to talk MMA for three hours, I won't be on the radio anymore. Because there's not a bigger, there's not a big enough audience to keep me on the air, man. So that pisses me off when I when I hear 
John Anik threatening to leave the MMA space because some losers go online and, and troll him and make fun of him and say some disgusting things. It, it's it's annoying because that's the world that we're living in right now. And, and for an audience like that to, to throw John Anik out of our space, it's disgusting. And, and, and with that being said, welcome to the show. I showed up to rage. Gabriel Morenci, where are you at? Sports Rage Late Night. We are raging, baby, on Hit the Bell. And UFC 297, let's swing back to 297. Drinkus Duplessis, Sean Strickland. Holy smokes, 3-2 Drinkus Duplessis takes a decision. And like I said, he took his fight to the opponent, man. Mike Malott, the Canadians, let me down. But it's all, it's all good. How did you score the fight? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at HitBerBell, H-I-T-B-E-R-B-E-L. And let me know what you thought of UFC 297. We got big time fights coming up around the corner. Uh, next weekend. No fights this weekend. Lots of fights coming up next weekend in Las Vegas. Big time fight night. And the main event is Roman Delize against Nazardine Imavov. This is a big time fight for these for the both of these guys. Both of these guys are coming up in the middleweight division. Both of these guys are powerful fighters. Both of these guys have awesome, awesome fighting. You know, just great overall MMA fighters. Very well rounded, both these fighters. Uh, excited to see who wins the fight. Also, the co-main event, Renato Moicano against Drew Dober. Can't wait to watch that fight. Both guys who have been climbing the ranks for a long time. You know, they win great fights. They lose some fights. But th these guys always throw down. Renato Moicano does more talking on Twitter than he does in the octagon these days, I notice. But he's still a good fighter. Drew Dober, stand-up guy. Always looking good. Looks like he could be a model on the side. But he's a hell of a fighter. Carries a heavy punch. Has that Colorado power. You know, behind that punch, Drew Dober does. Man, we have some fun fights coming up. But we're going to jump more into that card next week on Hit the Bell. I just want to give you guys an early taste of what's coming up. Not this weekend, but next weekend. We're going to jump to the Australian Open. Tennis. Because we have been on fire with the tennis. If you heard the show last week, I told you guys Yannick Sinner is a great bet to make the to make the final. And to win the whole damn thing. He just beat Djokovic. And if you heard the podcast last week... I don't want to say I clown Djokovic because I would never clown the great Djokovic. You know, he is an amazing, amazing player. I simply said that Father Time never loses. And with that said, Father Time uh, won again because Novak Djokovic played the worst Grand Slam game he has ever played, ever, according to him. He lost to Yannick Sinner three sets to one. Should have been three sets to zero. Uh, in my opinion, Djokovic fought his ass off to get one set. But, man, it's crazy. But the time has come. The time has come. And, and, I, and I say this because of his reaction after winning, after losing Wimbledon, excuse me, after losing Wimbledon, his emotional outburst, uh, not outburst, excuse me, that's not, not well said, but his, his emotional response after losing Wimbledon to Carlos Alcaraz, in my opinion, that's when Novak knew his time was over. Or he feared that his time was over. He was fearful that his time was over. After that loss to Carlos Alcaraz. And I say that because there's a chink in the armor. Mentally, physically, it was there and we saw it. We saw him come back stronger and win another major. That's what Novak does. You know what I mean? He 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 has he has a lot of gas left in the tank. When I when I say a lot of gas left in the tank, I mean he has a lot of gas left to win big matches still. But when it comes to winning majors and playing the best of the best and playing at their level, playing at their speed, playing with their intensity. That's gone. He's not going to be able to do it much longer playing against guys like Alcaraz, Zverev, Medvedev, Sinner. 
You're not going to be able to go through those guys one after another like he used to. He already bullied those guys. He already bullied that generation. He bullied them uh, over the last few years when he's beat Sinner multiple times. He's, he beat Alcraz again where he took his legs out at Roland Garros, but then Alcraz got his revenge at, at Wimbledon. You know what I mean? Uh, but as far as it goes, you know, with beating all these guys over and over again, that time is done. And we saw it uh, at, at, at this year's Australian Open. He was, Djokovic was healthy. He did not have a hard, uh, you know, a hard stick, a hard measuring stick coming up the rankings just now in this tournament. When you look at who he beat from the beginning till just now, it wasn't like he was getting in these crazy five set matches that took him to this point where he where he couldn't play with Sinner. You know, Sinner beat him because Sinner's better than Djokovic now. Oh, crazy that I'm saying that, but it's true. It's true. At this point in their careers right now, Sinner is a better tennis player than Djokovic is. Why? Because he is a younger player than he is. He has more speed. He has more power. He has more energy. He's hungrier. You know what I mean? He wants to catch Djokovic. He wants to go win more majors in a row. That's where Sinner is right now. And that's why he won that match uh, to Djokovic. It's sad, man. It's sad because we saw this happen with Nadal. And we saw his body start to break down. Now we're seeing this energy start being sucked out of Djokovic. The guy who never runs out of energy. You know, the guy who could go back and forth with you all day long. He's like a machine. You know, he reminds me of Barcelona when, when they had Messi and Iniesta and Xavi. They were a machine, a nonstop machine that just went forward and could not be stopped. You know, that's what Djokovic was. And, and now the time has come to a close. It, it has, you know, and, and it sucks because we enjoyed this rain for so long. And, and now you could just tell that the page is turning and he knows it. He's going to come back hungry. He's going to play some great tennis. He's going to win some big games still yet. But as far as winning majors at a consistent pace, that time has come to an end, ladies and gentlemen. And, and it sucks. People are always talking about Djokovic chasing another major and chasing history and, and just going for it. And, and let's keep talking about it because it's, it's exciting to talk about still. But don't expect it to happen every single time. That's just where we are in this tournament. On the other side, I told you that Carlos Alcaraz would make the final. I was wrong. Carlos Alcaraz loses to Alexander Zverev. And, and you know, Zverev has been playing some great tennis. But what happens to Zverev when he plays Medvedev? Zverev loses. Zverev hasn't been able to beat Medvedev because his his style is just not uh, well matched against, against Medvedev. Medvedev makes his final yet again and will play Yannick Sinner in the final. And that's crazy because... History tells us that Medvedev should beat Sinner. But if we're talking about what's happening right now at this tournament and the page that Yannick Sinner is turning, it's hard to bet against Yannick Sinner. You know, it's hard to say, okay, Medvedev has beat Sinner in the past. That's his kryptonite. You know, their style against, you know, a Sinner style against Medvedev style. You know, the back and forth. Medvedev is like the octopus in there. He catches every single ball and he manages to hit it back deep into the court and, and Sinner has just been amazing his, his service games has been amazing his defense has been amazing the ball placement has been a bit has been amazing oh man I don't have a I don't have a pick just yet but I'm gonna have to give you one I'm gonna have to give you one I just need another minute because when we look at their records right now how many times has Medvedev beat Yannick Sinner over the last five years let's go find out Medvedev has won this series six games to three. 
over Yannick Sinner. The reason I took Medvedev over Zverev was because of his record versus Zverev. So it's going to be hard for me to pick against Medvedev when he's beat him six times out of nine times. You know what I mean? There's no way. So the odds are going to be, you know, Medvedev is probably going to be like a minus 130 favorite, like the, like, like what he was against Zverev. And Yannick Sinner is going to be an underdog. And it's going to, and a lot of people are going to take Sinner as an underdog because he beat uh, Djokovic. But let's not get it twisted. Sinner has beat Djokovic three times and once in a major now. So th- that's, that wasn't a major surprise. So it's crazy now because it's like, am I going to take the same formula that I've been taking for the last few matches, which is tell, like, what have, what have you done for me lately? And, and I think I am. I think I'm taking Medvedev again. I, I, I do. And I, and I think that's the pick. Medvedev at minus 130 over Yannick Sinner. And I'm also going to take Medvedev to beat Yannick Sinner three sets to two. Um, whatever those odds are right now. And they're going to be high. They're going to be at like plus 400 when they come out. But the craziest thing about Medvedev and his win against Zverev, Zverev had a great start. The same start that he had, had, that he had against Alcaraz, where he won the first two sets. He loses the third set, and then he wins the fourth set. That's what that's what Zverev did against Alcaraz. Three sets to one. Against Medvedev, he could not do the same. He won the first two sets, and damn it, I was sleeping. I was sleeping in the middle of the night, and I couldn't watch it. I, I saw that Zverev won the first set, and I thought to myself, man, it, it might be his time. It might be Zverev's time. Because he, he was just playing with a lot of flair over the last few weeks, I thought Alexander Zverev was. But... Medvedev comes back from two sets down and wins three sets to two and wins two tiebreakers while, you know, set three, set four, two tiebreakers. Medvedev gets the winners and then he finishes him off six to three in the final set. Just unbelievable tennis from the Russian, Daniil Medvedev. And I think he carries that momentum to the final against Yannick Sinner. You know, Medvedev is a warrior. He's a, he's a warrior, and I think that the history, six games to three over Sinner, is what's going to lead him to win at the end of the day. You know, that, that mentality of him knowing that he's beat this guy multiple times, six times, you know, to be exact. That, that takes a heavy toll on the mind when, when you play a match, knowing that you've beat a person this many times. You know what I mean? And, and Sinner is going to have that mentality of, man... How could I beat this guy? Because he has beaten him six more times in a nine-game span. So, <sighs> crazy, crazy things at the Australian Open. And this is a perfect way to start the season, man. Because then we have Roland Garros coming. Then we have Wimbledon. And then we finish off with the U.S. Open. I love tennis. And I told you guys I was going to talk more tennis on this show uh, to start the year. And now, now we are rolling. And I'm glad I'm doing so because we made some good money uh, talking about tennis uh, in January on Hit the Bell. Let's go, baby. And with that said, like I said, Medvedev to win the Australian Open over Yannick Sinner in the final. That's what we are going with. Let's go. We have Adam Martin from bookies.com joining us right around the corner. And I don't want to make him wait any longer. You know, let's do this, baby. Adam Martin coming up next on Hit the Bell. So stay tuned. MMA Talk. Adam Martin. Kate Stein, UFC 297. We're going to get his reaction coming up on Hit the Bell. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, fight fans? Welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. Adam Martin joins us right now. That's right, Adam Martin, sports betting writer for Bookie.com. He is rolling. He was just at UFC 297 in Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, sitting cage side. We're bringing him back on the show so we can hear about his reaction. Also get some of his fight picks going into next weekend. Not this weekend. No fights this weekend. Taking a little break from the UFC. We'll be back next week uh, for more fight picks. But right now, we're going to get an early start with Adam Martin. And you can follow Adam on Twitter at MM Adam Martin for more information and to go catch all of his cool news. What's up, what's up, Adam? Welcome back to the show, brother. Glad to be back, man. You always kill with the intro. You always get everything right, so I appreciate that, man. I'm doing good, dude. Looking forward to talking to you as always, my friend. Oh, I mean, I'm stoked, bro. And I was even more excited to see you sitting cage side last week. When I saw you at the fights, I thought to myself, there's only one person that could come on the show this week and get a real reaction of what actually happened. And that was you, brother. Straight up, man. Uh, the, the UFC doesn't always put people cage side. They put them all around the stadium sometimes. But I'm glad that you got to sit right there where all the action was, man. What can you tell us from your experience, man? What can you tell us about UFC 297 being up close and personal? Yeah, it was awesome, man. You know what's crazy? Like, I've been covering the sport since 2011. This is the first time I've sat cage on a UFC card. So it felt, like, pretty damn good, man. It's like putting all those years of work in, I feel like, too. Um, it was an awesome experience, man. That's the best place to be, obviously. I mean, you're right there. You're right by the action. You see everything up close. You get a different point of view of the fights. Um, probably the best point of view. And also, like, as far as, like, <clears throat> when you judge a fight, you're up close, too, right? So I feel like it helps you in that respect. So that's why they put the judges beside the cage on. So, well, they, they, uh, they weren't great on the weekend. We'll talk about them in a sec, but, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. The crowd was great. First time since 2018 back in Toronto. So it's been a long time, long time coming. Uh, 
I thought the car and paper was pretty good. I don't know if it delivered as well as like maybe I thought or some other people thought. Like tickets were really expensive. It sold out. There were some really good fights. Obviously, the main event we'll talk about that fight, I'm sure. And some of the prelim fights were good, but it wasn't the greatest card, you know. Having said that, though, I still had a great time. You know what I mean? And I, I can't complain, dude. I mean, it's just another memory, bro. That's all I'm about, my friend. Making memories, man. Because we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time, and you know, this is definitely a memory I always have sitting cage side watching Strickland Duplessis go at it. So definitely cool, man. That is, that is so cool, bro. And you know what? I, I completely second your opinion on, on sitting cage side and, and how that feels, you know, watching fights from there, not from the top. Like, isn't it different when you see the emotion and the intensity of a fight on how it begins yeah. and just, like, how the fight moves, uh, you know, throughout time and the momentum swings and the intensity swings, pretty much all of it. You you really can't catch that unless you're sitting up close and personal because you also have the coaches. You know, you can hear the coaches screaming their direction and also – feeling the fight because sometimes the coaches wish they could go in there and do and and tell their fighter what they're doing in his ear but man they're just screaming their lungs out trying to get directions at them huh yeah i know completely agree man like you just get like i said a different point of view like i think especially in the main event like i definitely got um a, a different point of view for that fight because it feels like it came across different on tv and i haven't watched the fight back i'm talking about straight the buzzy the score i'm sure we'll talk about that in a second here like the scorecards were obviously like I don't know if I'd say controversial, but maybe a little controversial, just because it was such a close fight. And those kind of close fights, with you, like people are always going to complain either way, you know, especially when money's on the line, right? People are gamblers are going to complain. Um, but I feel like seeing up close, you just got that point of view that a little different, probably same when the judges had in the end that that allowed them to score that fight. And, um, now, do you want to get into that main event, Strickland Duplessis? Dude, absolutely. We're gonna get into all. We're gonna get into a lot, a lot of the fights, but dude, okay. of course, that, that the main event, the main event is, is the main entree, dude. You know, everybody's talking about it. You know, I want to. How did you score it sitting up there? I had a three-two Duplessis. Well, that's what I had too. So that's that's good to hear you had that score. It was a close fight, obviously. Like the rounds were close, right? There, it's not like those rounds where, like for instance, you watch the whole card, right? Like. Jasmine, Jasmine, the Canadian girl, like you watching those rounds and you're like, you know, she won the round. It's like, is it a 10, 9, 10, 8, or 10, 7? You know, in these rounds with Strickland Duplessis, it's, it's a little tougher. You got you to concentrate a little more. You got to focus a little more. And they're not easy to score. And even if you look at the stats, and I know the judges don't get the stats and I don't get the stats either. But if you look at I just look at them always after to compare them to like what I thought I saw. The, the strikes landed in the second, three, second, third, or fourth rounds were like, within two or three strikes, right? Those are the rounds that were, were closer. And then the fir- fir- first and fifth round, pretty clearly Strickland. You landed like 10, 20 more strikes. So um, I had it for Duplessis. It sure seems like the swing round was the second round, um, based on what I've seen in fan reaction. Um, the judges were actually split in the third round, which I thought was interesting. It was Sal Diamato, I believe, had the third round for, for Strickland. But otherwise, the judges agreed on every other round, which is interesting. You know, in a close fight like that, they all agreed on everything. I thought Duplessis won, and I, this is why I'm going to bring it up, like the vantage point, because I was there, and it seemed, it sure felt like the punches he landed, it was mostly a striking battle, right, mostly, but it sure seemed like the punches Duplessis landed did more damage, and I know that his face was all marked up at the end, so was Strickland, and he's claiming it was a headbutt or whatever, but, you know, I know I know Duplessis' face was banged up, I get that, right, but watching the fight, it sure seemed like Duplessis was letting them more impactful blows, backing Strickland up with the shots a little more. And Strickland had this, like, look on his face. I don't know if it, if it came across on TV because I haven't seen the, the replay yet of the fight, but 
it just had this weird look on his face like that I haven't seen from Strickland before where like the shots are really like stinging him in. And you know, I'm a big Sean Strickland fan. I love the guy. I love him. I, I've liked him for a long time. I think he's a he's an amazing fighter. I just don't think he won this fight. And it seems like it's almost a controversial opinion that we have that Duplessis won, even though again, two of the judges had it for him. And it sure seems like a lot of the media did as well. I think they were kind of split media, but the ones that I out that were there, like my good friend Aaron Bronstetter, I respect his opinion a lot. He had it for Duplessis. I talked to him about it yesterday, right? Uh, I just said, like, what do you think about it? Because, you know, he's in another road than me, but he was watching the fight closely, and some of the other guys sitting around me had it for Duplessis, too. I, I'm sure someone had it for Strickland as well, but the people up close had it for, for Duplessis, so they must have seen what I've seen and saw, and that these strikes were, were stinging Strickland a little bit more than what Strickland did. Strickland might have landed more, like, jabs and, and punches overall. It's possible, but it, it seemed like the more damaging blows were coming from Duplessis, and that's really how you're supposed to score these fights. There's also, like, if you want to talk about effective grappling, if you want to bring that in, obviously, Duplessis was the more effective grappler. He had six takedowns. Um, Strickland did well to get back up and not, you know, spend a lot of time on his back, but that's just another factor into it. Um, overall, I thought he won the fight. But, again, it's, it feels like it's this controversial opinion. Um, my buddy said he, he watched the fight at home. He sent me a clip of the guys on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about it. And, uh... Apparently, they put my tweet up on the TV where I think I had Duplessis up, up, like, obviously after three rounds, and Brendan Shaw called me a dumbass. They were, you know, saying this guy does not score a fight. So, you're always going to get either way, man. Um, I, I thought that was kind of funny, by the way. I, I don't really care. I mean, uh, the fact that they mentioned my name on, like, the world's biggest podcast is actually kind of cool, even though they called me a dumbass. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I'll take it, brother. I'll take it, man. No, Watch no, that's you're not a dumbass, though, bro. You know what's funny? Uh, everything that you're saying, I completely agree with you. And, and to tell you the truth, man, look, I think that these fights—it was a close fight. It was, but I think you nailed the difference. And in my opinion, when you have Sean Strickland fighting backwards. You're winning yep. the fight. You're winning the fight. It's like it's yep. hard to tell me that you're not winning the fight when he's fighting a way that he doesn't like to fight. It's like if yep. you're gonna tell me that the game plan for Sean Strickland was the fight going backwards, I'm gonna say that you're full of shit. I'm gonna say that you haven't been watching fights for a long time and that nobody ever watched Sean Strickland fight backwards, and if he does fight yep. going backwards, it's gonna go to a decision. The same way that he lost to Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier yep. beat him, beat him yep. a very similar way, and he was pissed off yep. after after the decision. It's a fight that not many people are going to remember about because it wasn't a great fight to watch. It was it was a fight that was like a counter strike fight. It it was you know it it, it just wasn't for the fans. It, 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 a fight is always a fight, you know what I mean. So at the same time, like somebody has to come out victorious, but usually the person that comes out victorious is the person who's bringing the fight to their opponent. And in my opinion, Drickus Duplessis brought the fight to his opponent. And the fact that Drickus Duplessis still took his fight to his opponent after he lost round one, man, that's all I need to know when it comes down to yeah. who's the better fighter in the octagon. Drickus yeah, never thought that Sean was better than him. Even after please, losing please the first round. He lost the first round. He did. He barely lost the first round. The late takedown that he got was maybe that could salvage me. 
to win the first round. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to take down at the end of, at the end of the first round. So what does he do? He doesn't get off the the gas pedal. He keeps going forward. And I like how you said that his shots were affecting Sean Strickland. Damn right, his shots were affecting Sean Strickland. And when you look at uh, Drinkus Duplessis's resume. Of course those shots are going to affect Sean Strickland. Yeah. Every single one, every single punch that Drinkus Duplessis has landed on a high-level opponent, that high-level opponent has backed down. Darren Till, Robert Whitaker, Trevin Giles. Man, I'm talking about high-level strikers that possess a lot of power. That whole, you know, raw dog mentality goes straight out the window when, when they feel a shot from Drinkus Duplessis. And the same thing happened to Sean Strickland. And that's why he lost the fight. I think Drinkus Duplessis in his mind thought, I'm up three rounds to one. I'm not going to put myself in heavy danger in round five. And I'm going to win the fight. And you know what? He did just that, dude. He did just that. He won. He wins 3-2. And now we all get the fight that we all want to see. Israel Adesanya versus Drinkus Duplessis. Pay-per-view. Stand up. Let's go. No, no doubt about it. I mean, that, that looks like it could be the next fight for sure. Maybe UFC 300. We don't know yet. Data's going to announce that soon. I was just going to jump in really quick on, on the like the scorecards. Like, remember how fights are scored, right? It goes like effective striking, grappling, and then it's aggression, off on control. These judges might have felt like the striking was was close in those second, in that second, third, fourth round, whatever it was, and they went to that tertiary criteria of aggression, off on control, and then it would be Duplessis walking forward, back and circling up. That would come into factor uh in the scorecards if they felt like the striking grappling was tied then you go to the next set of criteria right now most fights obviously there are there is a winner for the striking and i felt like Duplessis won those exchanges that's why i thought he had the fight but if these judges thought it was that close and they went to those third second third criterias then that's why they scored for him but yeah i mean it was a great fight um like i said probably is he next but i don't mind a rematch at some point either between these guys it's like it was that close of a fight. It was like that can near fight. I was going to say that too. I agree with you on that. But yeah, overall, it was a good fight. It was the fight of the night. It was a good fight. And, you know, Strickland is, uh, you know, both guys, I think, are serious. They've come out kind of like stars out of this. I don't know if you saw that video of Duplessis at like the airport in South Africa yesterday. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he went back home to South Africa, man, he was treated like a king. Bro, he's, yeah, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm, I'm just going to say I'm sure he's going to have a good weekend. That's all I'll say. But, um, you know, man, like, yeah, that was amazing. And then Strickland, obviously, I think he became a big star too, man. Like, I know he's not the champion, but I kind of feel like they could have a pay-per-view with him in the main event. I really do. Like, he's a big star. He's a big name. He's not the champ anymore, but he's still a big name, you know? So he didn't come out as a loser, really, even though he lost the fight. He's, his stock went up a little bit, I would say, even. I think both guys' stock went up, which is always a good thing. I'm like, I, I don't believe, I, and uh, this fight was, you know, the co-main event. The fighter stocks went down. That fight was dreadful, bro. You know what I mean? So that's like the no, worst I know, thing. I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, you, know, you know, my favorite thing about Sean Strickland, I got to say, because I don't like Sean Strickland very much. Like, I, I like him, but at the same time, I think he sometimes goes overboard with some of the comments that he makes towards people. I sure. think he can be very insensitive sometimes, and, and, and I can tell that's like that's just how he is. But sometimes that's not, that's not how other people are. So I feel like he needs to be more intact with other people's emotions and feelings instead of harming them. But, you know, that's just that's who he is at the end of the day. That's what he wants to be about. So all the power to him. Like, whatever, whatever he chooses to do, that's his decision as a man. But I do like, at the end of the fight, how they, when, when they read the final scorecard, it was controversial. 
it was controversial because a lot of people had him winning the fight, meaning he probably thought he won the fight too. His coaches probably told him that he won the fight after the fight was over. So the fact that yeah. after they read Drickus Duplessis' name, there was no ill will from him whatsoever. There was no. no, oh man, that's bullshit. Oh, we gotta do it again. Oh, we gotta run it back. You know, there was none of that. He started clapping his hands right away to celebrate the new champion. And, you know, I feel like that is something that people need to do more of. Like, yeah, even if it's controversial, you know, yell about it in the back. Go talk to your agent about it and get in a phone call with Dana White and Hunter Henry and, you know, and Sean Shelby and and, and go talk about how, how pissed off you are about what just happened. You know what I mean? But don't go off telling the world and go spilling out your heart about how this is bullshit and blah, blah, blah. Because it's it's worthless. You know, it's it's a worthless and useless thing to do in the moment. And it's just spoiling the night into something that nobody wants to see. You know, if a new crown, if a new champion is crowned, then you got to cheer it. You know what I mean? Because when you won it, Israel Adesanya cheered for you. And when he yeah. and when he lost it, he cheered for 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 Drickus Duplessis and told him congratulations. You know, it's a big moment for anybody that ever wins a belt for the first time. It's one of the greatest moments of their life in their career. Oh yeah, and 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 oh, yeah. I love how he did not spoil that for Drickus Duplessis. I liked how yeah, he engaged him with with some excitement. You know what I mean? Even though he was playing bummed as hell. No, I agree with everything you said, brother. Like. Listen, man, these guys are all in the game together, right? They all grind. They all, they all put the blood, sweat, and tears in, in the gym and, and inside that cage. So you, you love it. Like, like you said, when Izzy lost it strictly, he was the first guy to give him over a hug over there, right? And even though they don't like each other, right? And in this fight, same thing. You know, Strickland's clapping for, for Drakus. Now, obviously, he's kind of uh, said on Twitter now that he is a little angry about what happened. He's salty because apparently there was like a headbutt or something. So he wants to run it back. But in that moment, he definitely didn't take the shine away, which was cool. Because we've seen that happen before, right? We've seen fighters, you know, cry about the decision and, you know, storm out of the cage. And so immature, man. It really is. Because like you said, like, this is the greatest moment of their lives when they win that belt. And yeah, there's some fights that are really close and it sucks when you're on the losing end. But like you said earlier, man, like there's a winner and a loser, right? Like a draw is pretty rare in MMA. It doesn't really happen that often. It's like what, one, one every like, what, thousand fights will get a draw, something like that. One every 500 fights. It, draws don't happen. So you're going to get a winner or loser. Someone's going to go home sad. You know, these guys both put in 12 weeks of a hard camp. They, they both busted their asses in the gym. And someone had to win, someone had to lose. It sucks. It really does suck. But you just love to see that there is that respect there that, you know, they put a, they both put on a good fight. And even Strong was, like, the first guy to say, like, you know, this guy's a dog, man. Like, he, he's a warrior. He made me bleed. I bled for you guys. So it, it, was, it was cool. And. And yeah, I completely agree with you. I I got like I've got about five more minutes, so if you want to shift focus to the uh, the card next week, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about that quickly, brother. No, you know what? I will. I know they are on time crunch, but I gotta ask you about one more fight because this is one of the craziest, yep. most uh, craziest comebacks I've seen it in quite some time. Oh, yeah. And you sat there, K Tai, bro. Neil Magny yeah. and Mike Malott. How crazy was that to see Neil Magny come get up after you know get up from the stool after round two? and finish Mike Mallott in round three, man, that, that was incredible. Did you think that that was going to happen going into round three? Because I, I could not believe it, bro. I couldn't believe it. No, I, I, I was surprised. I mean, listen, the one, I wouldn't say knock on Mike, but the one question mark we had was the cardio because all his wins were in the first or second round, right? And the one fight I think he has gone the distance in Bellator years ago was a draw. So you have to like, have that thought in the back of your mind, like what happens if the fight goes late? Um, 
And that's what happened here. It went to the third round. You couldn't put Magny away. Magny's a tough guy. Couldn't put him away. I thought Milan had a great game plan the first two rounds. He was chopping those legs down like Ian Gary did in the last fight. That's a weakness deal Magny has. And then obviously getting the takedowns, riding the top control, you know, the clock's ticking, tick, tick, tick. It's about a minute left. And, bro, he completely gassed out. Like, he completely gassed. And it's just like his body gave out on him, man. It was sad to see, man. It was right in front of me, too, um, Matias. It was right in front of me. Um, obviously, Neil, reverse position, got on top and just started pummeling him. And gets in mount position, pummeling him. And the ref had no choice but to stop the fight. Like, of course, I'm sure that ref didn't want to stop it. It's like one of those things, 15 seconds left, 445 in the third round, the fight ends. You don't want to do that in front of the guy's hometown. But at the same time, he was not defending himself. It was a fair stoppage. Um, I feel horrible for Mike. He's a good dude. And he just gassed out in front of his fan, friends, family, and, and, and crowd, man. It was horrible to see. Um, it's a tough loss for him, you know, because he's not like, it's not like he's 23, he's 32. Um, that's not like super old by any means in real life, but in fight years, a little bit older. So this is a tough loss. He's a minute away from being in the rankings. The next minute he loses, and now people are wondering, like, what's next for this guy? I'm wondering what's next. Um, I do think he has the talent and the skill to rise back to where he was, but it's going to take a little bit of time. They're going to have to rebuild him a little bit. And clearly, man, he's probably not that like future title contender that kind of we thought he might be up here in Canada. He's definitely a good fighter. He's a solid fighter. He's a guy that's talented, skilled. He's He can win a lot of fights in the UFC, but you saw what happened when the fight went three rounds, and then you always, you always wonder, like, what if he fought in a five-round fight? He's not. He's going to be terrible in the fourth and fifth round probably, too. It, it's just one of those things. It's Cardio, yeah, you can work on it, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that, like, some guys are blessed with amazing gas tanks. Like, Neil Magny is known for his cardio, and the cardio king won the fight. So, yeah, it was tough to watch, man. Really, like, it's almost like someone took a pin and like popped a balloon and, and that's what it felt like. Like it felt like you were at a funeral almost like everyone was just quiet after that. It was really messed up. But, uh, you know, that's the fight game, brother. That's the fight game. It right? is. So no, you're, you're right. You're a hundred percent right, dude. And you know, what's and, crazy? And you know Mike, I was going to say Mike, like he had a hard time getting up off the canvas. Like he was lying down for a few minutes. He was so exhausted. His body gave out on him man. and, you know, his coaches had to carry up. But I saw him, he's walking out of the cage. He wasn't crying at his head up. The fans were cheering him. He looked in the crowd, put his hand up. So he's still he's still a winner in my books, man. Even though he lost the fight, he's still a good dude. He'll he'll bounce back. I hope. Man, I think he needs to put that 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 his coaching staff under the microscope right there, or you know maybe not. But at the same time, I think he made a terrible mistake to start the to, to start the third round. The fight was won, and he went full out as if he was losing the fight. You know, yep. zero two. And I think when he went for that submission to start the third yep. round. He took yep. Neil Magny down with a lot of force, and Neil was like a bull in a china shop, bro. He he was ready. He was getting up for for at all costs, and he got up. And right when that he got up, it's like Mike Malott was out of gas. So I'm thinking to myself, why would you expend all that energy at the start of round three, knowing that you don't have that much energy left? It didn't make much sense to me. So I'm thinking, what the hell did his corner? You know what what was being said at the stool? You know, for, in between rounds two and three to give him a game plan to go out there and try to finish him in the first minute of the third round. I didn't get it. I, honestly, I, I did not get that part. You know, break, breaking down that fight, I'm thinking to myself, this fight's won. You know, now you just have to conserve your energy and make sure you win the fight. And uh, it, just crazy, crazy things that happen in the in the final five minutes of that fight. Before I let you go, bro, uh, quick, quick, quick picks from you. I know that we don't have that much time, but quick picks, no analysis, 
What do you have for next week's fights? I'm just going to give you three fights. Your pick. Sure. Nazardine Imovov or Roman Delice? Who you got? Roman Delice plus 145 underdog. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Like, I, I need to think of a little bit more, but right now I would lean Imovov because it's five rounds. And I think the cardio is going to help him. You saw in that last fight with Delice, he slowed down a bit against Vittori, right, late in the fight. He's definitely a, he's a bruiser, man. He can knock you out, but... I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning even off to, to pull away late. Just like, again, cardio, man. Cardio is big in the sport. Go ahead. Now we're rolling. Perfect. Next fight pick from you right now. Co-main event, Renato Moicano against Drew Dober. Drew Dober plus 125 underdog for the kid from Colorado. Crazy stuff. Who do you got in this fight, Dober or Moicano? Yeah, another it's striker grappler, right? You got a, a, a guy, another bruiser in, in Dober who could knock anyone out. And then you got Moicano who's got a great ground game. Um, and then Dober's got some problems with submissions. The, the thing is, Bacano's got a bad chin, too. So it's, it's one of those, it's a coin flip fight. I think that's why the odds are close. In a coin flip fight, I don't blame you for taking the plus money. I'm, I guess I'm leaning Marcano because I feel like you can get him down to the ground and submit him. But if it stays on the feet, you'll probably get, you'll probably get clocked and knocked out, man. Dober's a beast. Not fun stuff. And last pick from you, because I think there's a lot of value right here. Plus 190, Muslim Salikov against Randy Brown at minus 235. Who do you got in this fight? It's really hard to ignore plus 190 from Salikov, especially with that type of knockout power. Yeah, it's another it's a striker-striker fight pretty much, I would say. I mean, Brown's got some grappling too, but um, this fight was supposed to happen like two months ago. It didn't happen. That, that was kind of weird. I don't know. I guess I'm favorite. <laughs> I got different picks than you this time, I guess, but I'm, I'm favoring Brown a little bit that length. On the feed, I think will help keep him distance. But man, again, Salikov's got those crazy kicks and punches, and they call him the king of kung fu for a reason, my friend. So wouldn't surprise me. Should be a good card. I'm looking forward to it, man. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for it, bro. And I'm so happy that you jumped on the show this week and told us about your experience at UFC 297. It was great. We have just been talking to Adam Martin, sports betting writer for Bookies.com. Man, he is the man with a plan when it comes to the gambling world in the MMA world. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter at MMA, excuse me, MM Adam Martin. And I know that you have to go, brother. So thank you so much. We'll catch you again very soon in the future, man. Have a great, great weekend and take care. Thanks, brother. Take care. Bye. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, everybody. That has been Hit the Bell with me and Matthias Burbell. That was badass. Let's go. Thank you, Adam Martin, for coming on the show from bookies.com. Go catch Adam on Twitter or on X at MM Adam Martin for more information. You know, he is in Canada and following Canadian fighters every single day. So go check out his Twitter page or his X page, excuse me, and, and, and go learn more about Adam. As for me, we will be back next week with more UFC picks, more tennis picks, because we know we have more minor tournaments happening in tennis. So we don't just talk about the majors on this show. We're going to talk about every little thing when it comes to these 500 tournaments, these 250 tournaments, these 1,000 tournaments. We're talking about it all, baby. Let's go. And also, go find me on SiriusXM channel 159 on Carver and Lisi, five nights a week from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific. We are always talking about the world of sports, and it's always a good time on Carver and Lisi on Sports Grid Radio Network on SiriusXM channel 159. We'll catch y'all soon. This has been Hit the Bell. See y'all next week. Aloha. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.